everybody, and welcome to the Liz and Jenny Show. It's Friday, so we bring on young Anton to come in every week. What are we talking about on Thursdays, Anton? Trader's Instinct. Woohoo! I like that. <laughs> every no, week I no, thought you were gonna say Friday. zero DTE. Zero DTE. That's the this is the topic du jour, the zero DTE, right? So we're following is this the the add-on to the buying zero DTE? So now we're gonna sell. That's right. That's exactly right. See, Anton, before we get into this, can we, you just give a, I don't know if you've been on the show today with Tom and Tony, but uh, what were your thoughts on yesterday? And are you getting into any of the bank stocks after the fall? You know, what's really funny is, so like, okay, look at the market right now. Do you want us okay, to market open it? Or are you going to share? Yeah, actually do. Yeah, actually, please do. Because here's some, here's some really good traders instinct yeah, like Trader's Instinct, you know, we just had that big move yesterday. Before right. we get into zero DT again, let's just point on. Yeah, so like, look at what's happening in the bond market. Yeah, what do you want me to look at? TLC? What do you want me to go to? ZB. I'm sorry? ZB. ZB. ZB, gotcha. Yeah. So look at the insanity here. Open up, look at the insane day that, that, we, that we just had today. You know, the crazy part is, is I was looking at the Wall Street Journal to see like, you know, a couple hours after the, the move happened, no, 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 about an hour and a half, right? No article, nothing, zero. Now, I'm assuming the jobs report had a play in it, right? But the yeah. wild thing is, as you think about it, the jobs report caused the market to go down, right? Initially, now the market's back up. Well, no, 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 it didn't. It didn't. Because I was watching the jobs report. Initially, it went up. Then it went down. So their, their gut reaction was up. Sure, 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 sure. But I mean, after the, like, you know, after the dust settled a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Now the market's back up. Bond market had one of its biggest days in the last, I don't know. I don't even remember. I mean, it looks bigger than any of the other days we've had. And then you think to yourself, you know, everybody has a narrative around the jobs report. Right, that it's going to raise, it's going to continue. If, if the jobs report is bad, market's going to go down, rates are going to go higher, which means bonds and stocks go down. Today is the complete opposite, <laughs> despite no, but, having every evidence to the contrary in the beginning of the day. So, but Anton, do you think this has to do with the jobs report, or do you think that it has to do with the bank collapse that's happening? Because the bank oh. collapse that's happening has has direct relation on the rates, right? So, if you're lending at a at a higher term rate than you're than you're borrowing, that's where this whole like inversion in the bonds is coming from. Well, okay, so he, I was thinking about that now. And again, I, don't, I actually don't. I, I'm being serious when I say this. I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg. Is it this, or is it the, is it the the bank collapse, or is it the the jobs report? I think they both had a hand in it. But if you gave me the news ahead of time, I wouldn't know what to do with it. So logically, you would think if there's a bank collapse, that interest rates, well, initially interest rates, which if this is the initial result of the bank collapse, interest rates would actually spike because there would be a huge short term demand for money. AKA demand for capital, which cause would cause a sell-off in the bond market, right? Because rates would go up. If okay, if, if you're a bank, right, and you're and you need any bit of capital you have, you're gonna borrow at any rate you can. That should cause interest rates to rise just by the for, just by the intuitive logic, right? And, and the, the problem I think, and I, once again, correct me if I'm wrong, and I we're gonna have to refer to Chris Vecchio on these things, right? Because yeah, right. Chris, I bet Chris had a wild. Sorry, Chris, <laughs> <laughs> but right, so the short-term rates, that's what that's what's happening right now with the banks is the short-term rates are so high versus the long-term rates. And that was their problem. It's almost like that's a very challenging environment for for banks. And that that was true yesterday. That's why they're coming in a little bit. 
right? But that's the thing. Why are they coming in a little bit? It's uninverting un a bit because it's an unsustainable. I have no, I have no idea. Yeah, that's, that's why the bank, that's why that bank was having so much problems. Look at the two, uh, two YY for a second. Okay. It's the futures, yeah. Two, two YY. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my word. Two yeah. YY. Okay. Okay. Look at this. I mean, literally in two days, well, now we're rallying back a little bit in rates. So bonds are selling off a little bit. But a 50, almost a 50 basis point drop in the short-term interest rates in two days. I mean, that's that's that seems on that seems the opposite, complete opposite of what you would think if there is a bank collapse, you know, imminent or not imminent, but if since the new in the in the news, right? If you had the falling stock market in the beginning of the day, you'd think, right? You'd think with the same with the correlation that the stock market and the interest rate markets have had in the last couple of months you think it'd be completely the opposite so now, I, don't know. I really don't know what to think as a trader Anton because look at this so on international women's day when Jenny and I were on with Vanetta they were this was the biggest inversion in the two year tenure that they've had since 1981 yeah but see what you touched on you wouldn't know what to do with it we had like a three sided market today almost mm -hmm. a two sided market today Nobody knows what to do with it. You know what I mean? It's not like a unique phenomenon. It's like, I mean, forget the fact that if you just had a single directional move, sure, you would have the same media outlets trying to justify the story, right? But the fact that you had a two-sided market means that how do you justify that? You can't be like, you know, because usually what happens, okay, if you have a two-sided market, usually what happens, you go, you, if you want, you open up the Wall Street Journal or whatever, the first half of the day, whatever the market's going, you're, you're going to say, because of X, Y, Z, this is what's happening in the market. Now, as soon as the market reverts, about an hour later, you're going to see that news story. It's going to, they're going to revise and say, despite this happening, the market <laughs> has now completely reversed. You know what I'm saying? You know what this reminds me of, though, Anton? So I have this saying, and I, I actually say it to my kids all the time. Everyone is the hero of their own story, right? Yeah, that's Everyone, right. That's right. Of course. Everyone's the hero of their own story. So like whatever narrative you're hearing or somebody's spinning, that's what they that's what they really believe at the time. And you could write the exact same story and why the market is doing what it's doing from nine different perspectives right now. Because you're right. We, and we say it all the time. If you had the news ahead of time, you wouldn't know what to do with it. This is why staying small is the number one takeaway. The number one takeaway of the market is stay small. I agree. Yeah, and, and and even more so, it's like you you think about the how not not only you can make the narrative around both, you know whatever the market does, given a certain news story or, or a certain event. Not only can you write whatever story you want, you don't even have to change the story. You don't. <laughs> you literally could just change the intonation and 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 the kind of preposition. You know, despite or because of. Right, those two are, they can be interchangeable. The story could stay the same and nobody would know the difference. I agree. <laughs> like, you know. Well, hey, yes, stay smaller, you're gonna end up like Sweet Bobby. Liz, pop into Twitter and show Anton Sweet Bobby. So, Anton, while, while I'm hopping into Twitter, so um, the other news stories, and I'm referencing the Wall Street Journal, you had to have seen recently about how, here, it's Sweet Bobby, he went to the Caymans. Well, look at this. If I've blown out my account and get a margin call, can I just fly to the Cayman Islands? <laughs> well, Okay, no, but let, me, let me finish this thought. So I know you're going to go into the zero DTE options, and those have been also very written about and talked about lately, haven't they, in the news? And they were saying that that is going to implode the market. And the one thing that we can all agree on as traders down here is that that has not taken down the market yet. 
No, I mean, I don't, I mean, listen, I, I, I guess if I haven't been in the, fin in the, in the industry, you know, maybe I would have bought into the narrative, you know, because, because of course you can make like a very convincing argument. And I'm sure that's why, I mean, you have a lot of advisors, a lot of these, you know, media outlets, but like thinking of it, you know, like working with Tom, like one of the cool things about working with Tom, actually, you know, this is, this is, yes, this is props to Tom. He knows the industry inside and out. And that's like, I guess an obvious, but but more so than that, hanging around him and actually hearing him talk about it, it's like you kind of get a sense of okay, this is why you know, like this is why options have to clear here, and this is what the broker does, this is what the intermediaries do, this is what the banks do, okay, all this stuff, right? So as you as we kind of hang around them, and I you know I kind of build this, you know, take what he says, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense, that makes sense, that makes sense. All of a sudden, you know, I hear this piece of news: it's a, the zero DT market is going to explode the market. And I'm thinking about this, what? Yeah. How does, yeah. How does that make any sense? Who who wrote this piece? And and and, and like and then you say and then you know you you read the piece and it's like you know you know financial advisor you know but you know, long standing you know bank whatever it is I'm like how do you how do you run this in this industry for so many years and you have no idea how the industry works? It's bad. Like I'm not saying I do, but I just talk to somebody for five minutes, ten minutes to act ask their explanation, and you'd figure it out. That doesn't like it's like. Right. It's almost like saying, um, oh my gosh, I, I, was thinking about, I, was, I was thinking about a certain analogy. It's kind of like saying, you know, I can't even think of it. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to butcher it on there, but we talk about efficient markets all the time, right, on the show. And you think about a market that has emerged, not really replacing stuff, but just emerged as a kind of a new market in terms of active participants, uh, purpose for trading, you know, all this stuff. and. And then you have to ask yourself, how is this new market going to destroy the rest of it if it's new capital and all that capital is being hedged by the same people who hedge the other stuff throughout the entire market, right? And the, the interesting thing about the zero DTEs too is it's gone in a day. So this isn't gonna have a, it can't have a lingering effect the next day because it's gone. Like they're zero DTEs. Whatever happens, happens during the day. There are just too many people in this industry who don't understand the industry, who don't know how to trade, who don't trade themselves, and they're out there making statements, which the cool thing about Tasty Live is that from day one, every employee we have, and I don't, we have a lot of employees now, Tom wanted every employee to learn how to trade, and they did. I mean, if you think about all the people that came into our company and didn't know a thing about options, and now they know how to trade. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I agree. I also think, I mean, listen, I try to humble myself sometimes just to make sure that I'm not missing something or if I say something I'm not saying it with the conviction I have and then all of a sudden I'm wrong um which you know it's okay being wrong but it's like you know if I didn't consider the fact before it's like okay maybe I should have looked into it but I'm really trying to get a grasp of you know I'm not bashing on anybody you know who wrote the story I get if, you, if you're not familiar with the infrastructure it's like okay I, I understand it, it, it's a reasonable story of course, this is going to be in the political space. Probably at some point, we're going to hear, you know, how we should somehow somehow it's going to be used as a as as a as a leeway or as a runway to try to tax transactions, right? Right? I mean, I mean, somehow, right? It's going to go. But but anyway, but even you don't even have to know much about zero DT options to just know how an option works. Like whenever you buy an option, something somebody hedges the option with stock. Well, why is that any different with right. the zero DTs? 
Well, and it, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me, Anton, because from this perspective, and I hesitate to say this, but even a lot of the regulators in this industry don't understand it as well as some of the people that we know, you know what I'm saying? So you're, you're even getting your, that's why I think the options trading and derivatives on options are, are still in their infancy. I wish everybody would really understand this industry a lot more because even the regulators and a lot of people that are doing things like that don't really understand. And that's where I a lot of fear comes from. The Tasty Live viewers are probably some of the smartest people yep. in this industry. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, honestly. I mean, I think really what it boils down to is like, you know, you usually most people who are writing about this, usually the people who have the headlines in the news, they don't really use options to begin with. Mm -hmm. so, so to them, I could see how, okay, this the growth in this market or this, this new, I'm not gonna call it a new market, but a section of the market, right? is kind of like seemingly similar to like crypto right or you know like the dot-com bubble right or, or because a lot of people trading to try to make a little into a lot right the same type of stuff that we've seen in markets and retail markets before especially that are speculative in nature um, or at least a draw to them is speculative in nature right um but and then i and i and, and we, did, we did some content about this and this is going to come out hopefully later this month but um but like zero DT options are very, very different than all of those others. Like for one very, very, very specific reason, because you could trade both sides. Mm -hmm. But like yesterday, okay, so yesterday though, you think about um, the move in those zero DTE, if someone bought them earlier in the day, and then by the end of the day, how much did those make or lose? You probably looked into it, Anton, those zero DTEs yesterday, the puts or the calls? Because they no. at, well, at, the one point, puts. at one point everybody was a winner. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, say you bought a call, you could if you bought calls at some point during the day, they were winners, and if you bought puts at some point during the day, they were winners. Yeah, well, I mean, the puts more than the calls, obviously. Because, yes. But um, so here's the thing: whenever we have about a one percent intraday move um, for a twenty-five delta put zero DT for each one percent intraday, you can expect about a three X. Didn't, wasn't that last week's Trader's Instinct? Yeah. I'm just thinking back to like being a market maker on the trading floor. And when I was taking the opposite of the order, I would immediately hedge my position. Uh, sure. But it is, I mean, I, when you're doing the zero DTE, it, yeah, it's like if you're selling puts that are, if you're selling puts that are 10 delta puts, 15 delta puts, uh, typically you're not hedging them like one-to-one -one because you're using the delta, you're hedging your delta. So I, I can people taking the other side of those puts yesterday probably got hurt by the end of the day because they're not hedging one-to-one. -one. I don't yeah. know, but on the zero DT, it might be different. Like on the, you know how delta, you'd see there's zero or a hundred at the end of the day, uh, they might hedge things zero DTE than they would a 45 DTE option. Yeah, because it's like you're crashing into a wall. You're out of time. Yeah. Like, happening all at once. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Right, like that's why I think they're trade or delta or they're under delta. It, I, yeah, I don't know. I just think of myself as using, you know, having to hedge whatever I had to sell or buy, and it was a lot easier when there was more time till expiration. Right, everything is a zero delta or a hundred delta. There is really no no in between, yeah. and it can can come pretty fast. Yeah. Um, did Anton freeze? Is Anton frozen? Yeah. Oh, are you back? Right. Anton, you were frozen for a I second. I have returned. Sorry. I have swapped Wi-Fi networks because the other one was being very strange. So I'm How's back. the weather in Florida, Anton? 
<laughs> it's good. How's the weather in Florida? It's I'm um, actually here in Chicago. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I was um, about to go, but I wanted to get breakfast with Tom. You know what I mean? So I kind of wanted to, you know, stay an extra day. You know, we're going to go to Ann Sather's tomorrow. It's going to be fantastic. Ooh. Oh, get the cinnamon rolls and the lingonberry pancakes or the Swedish pancakes. Yeah. I know. Oh my gosh. I wanted to say this on there. You can't get a cinnamon rolls. The cinnamon rolls are this big. Yeah. I that's what was always my standing order at and say other cinnamon rolls and the lingonberry pancakes. It's just so much food. You know what I mean? With both of them, you gotta go one or the other. There's a those are that's a good order though, Jenny. I'm not gonna I I, I think Anton can do it. If anybody can do it, Anton can do it. Yeah. So the pancakes and no, I haven't gotten this no, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Not now that not the now that he's he doesn't even drink juice anymore, Liz. He's not gonna eat the pancakes. But well, we only have 10 minutes left. We got to let Anton get to his yes, slides. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into the slides. Let's uh, pull up the, um, okay. So this is kind of going to talk about the, the, the other side to these options, right? The shorts, the naked shorts. So, and, and I just want to preface this with saying, you know, there's a real risk to trading these. And this is maybe why a lot of, you know, this article stuff is coming out because it is, there's a ton of gamma in these. There's a lot of, you know, all this stuff. But again, the whole point of this is to say, listen, the markets are liquid enough that even when you have these positions on, um, if you're a market maker, right, you, there's a whole algorithm already built in that kind of, you know, hedging these and all this stuff. If you're a trader, you have to realize the risk from both sides, right? The long side and the short side. Mm -hmm. So this is going to take a look at if, and I'm not saying this is what you do. This is a lot of these pieces are trying to explain, kind of open up, kind of like starting, starting to cut down the trees. I guess Does that makes sense. So we're not really necessarily building something here specifically, but we're cutting down the trees to build something later. We're shedding light on the risk of these things and these options from the short side when you trade them in the zero DT cycle. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the first one. And there's really only two slides here. What we're going to take a look at is basically like the key takeaway. So when you look at, there are two things to take away from this realistically. Number one is that whenever you sell these zero DT strangles, or I'm sorry, when you trade them, not even the strangles, but any, anyone from the long shot source, whatever, when, when you, when you put a trade in them, compared to the risk of a 45 day option, the risk is much, 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 much more. And the reason is, is because the actual premium you're paying is significantly more. Now you're asking yourself, wait, wait a second. What do you mean I'm paying more? The, you know, this was yesterday. I took some prices. How, how's it more? 45 day, 45 day options are $7 and the zero DTs are less than a dollar. Well, the thing is risk, when we calculate risk, risk must by definition have a temporal component to it. Otherwise, it's not risk. Day strangles. What is this? What are we looking at here? For the this is just a strangle, a twenty-five day a delta strangle. The twenty-five delta strangle. Okay, thank you. So this yeah. is just a strangle. So seven forty seven forty-seven versus ninety-one cents. That's right. And we're not really like looking at the prices today. This is was as of yesterday, but I get it. The key to look at it is whenever you have risk associated with something, you can't have risk without time. Risk must be defined by a certain time period. Right, because if I told you your risk is five hundred dollars, over what time frame? 
infinite. What does that mean? There's no there's no context. So when you say your risk is five hundred dollars over what time frame? Five days. Oh, okay, I can lose five hundred dollars in five days if right. Mm-hmm. You have to have a time component to it. Because of that, whenever we have a certain price or a certain premium or a certain number that can somehow be equated to risk, we have to look at it on a basis of time. And when you have these options that are different durations, the best way to compare the actual risk reward is to take that premium and standardize it by by the same denomination of time. That will give you an accurate comparison of the daily risk or whatever, weekly risk, monthly risk, whatever the denomination you you choose to use. In this case, we're using days. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the premium. It's a very, very cool experiment, by the way, because you know it, 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 it's um, it's very quick, but it's very effective to, to prove a point because it, that's what it is. You take the premium, you divide it by the number of days in the contract so that, like both, if you take two different durations, you divide that premium by its duration, and then you get the daily premium. You just get the, if you, if you take, Basically, that premium multiplied by the days, you get the, the actual price, the option. This standardizes the premium on a daily basis. So you, when we go to theta per day, is that the same thing or is this going to be a different number? Because theta changes over the course of contract duration. It's an estimate. It's not what I would use. Okay. Because we're taking a look at the total premium. If you're taking a look at total premium, that's the total amount that the long can lose or the short is receiving. That is the static in this whole equation, right? If you have potential to make $7 over what time frame, right? This is the question mm-hmm. we're asking over 45 days. Okay, well, what's the potential if we do this, you know, if we do this trade a hundred times, well, how much, and we get the same price for it, right? Assuming everything else is the same, what's the expected average daily premium? And that's- I mean, this is very similar to earnings trades when we're trying to decide, do we want to sell this week's? Do we want to give ourselves a little more room and sell next week's? Do we just, you know, it's, it's similar to earnings trades and we're always comparing the expected move and trying to weigh our risk reward on which cycle do we go to? Right. And see, this is, this is the key because once you do that, you're re and you do this for different like durations, what you're really doing is estimating the risk, right? Because Whenever you look at the premium, we know that that's a potential we can make, but a better picture to when you're comparing stuff like this is to look at how much more risk am I taking with this versus the other one. And what we see here is when we divide the the 45-day premium by 45, you get 17 cents. The 91 cent option, which is, or the strangle, which is a zero DT strangle, 91 cents, because it's a zero DT, right? So what you get is a difference in premium, the multiple is 5.4. So just by looking at that, the premium you get for the zero DT is about five, five to six times more than you would get for the same type of strategy, the same IV, same underlying in a different duration. That makes sense? Okay. Right. I bet you look at that and it makes you not want to buy those zero DTE, which is why we don't really, I don't know anyone that's just like buying them without creating some type of spread. Right. So now let's take a look at the next slide. This is where the flip side kind of, this is why you got to be careful with these. Okay. Because of the increased gamma inherent in these options, a large move in the underlying will cause the losses if you're selling these to be exponential compared to the same move affecting longer dated options. So, with this, so think of it this way. You have, um, you sell those two options, right? As we just said on the last slide, for 750, call it and a dollar. Okay, for, for the 45 days, it's 750. For the zero DTs, it's a dollar, right? 
Now, on a single day, if you get a single day move of 1% to, I'm sorry, a one standard deviation, two standard deviation, or three standard deviation, which is approximately 1.1, 2 2.2, and 3.3% in the S&P 500, the same move in the underlying, look at the difference in, in, in percent returns for those options. Okay, so, no, no, I, I, I get I get where you're coming from here, Anton. It's just interesting because if you do a 3%, if you do a three standard deviation move in the 40 de 45 DTE option, you're going to lose a lot more than you will in the zero DTE because then your 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 short is going to have all that. It's, it's now going to have a lot more extrinsic value. So you're still going to lose the same amount in the move, right? So the move is the move. So say SPY drops 100 points, you're losing 100 points, whatever it is, you're losing that. But your 45 DTE is then gonna have so much more extrinsic value. No, um, not necessarily, no, no. Sure it is. No, because the 25 Delta is much further away in the 45 day than it is in the zero day. That's why. Because in the zero day options, the 25 Delta may be two strikes away in SPY. But in the 45 day, it may be $10 away. Well, if that's the case, then that 25 delta in the zero DT will go to 100 delta in two strikes, and then you have another $8 to go where it's 100 delta. Versus the um, versus the 45-day uh, uh, option right, where- fair enough. fair enough, yeah, it's right there. They're right on top of each other. I see what you're saying. Right, that's right. And, and, that, and that's the key difference. And in fact, once I just you have- I you're only down 30% on a 45 DTE with a three standard deviation move. That seems very low. Right. Uh, do you know anyone that will sell the zero DTE naked? I I, I don't. No, no, no. no I, I know that's the whole point. The whole the whole point of this is saying you have kind of this. This is the cost for selling an option that has six times, basically five to six times more premium mm -hmm. than your standard option. So the risk in these, whether you're trading them from the long side or the short side naked. The risk in these is much, much, much greater. Yeah. And that's why when you talked about this earlier in the show, I remember you said, I wouldn't trade them unless there were spreads. Yeah. This is the perfect kind of supporting piece to that is because most people shouldn't be trading these on a day-to-day -day basis without any wings or or spread spreading out of, of like in terms of you know long put, short put, you know, having some wings in there. Right. And so when we get go back to that article of the person saying these are going to take down the market, well, the people actually selling them are hedging them, whether they're hedging them with futures or if they're hedging them with creating calendars where they're selling the zero DTE and buying something a little further out or, you know, they're hedging them somehow. Yeah, because you can. That's the thing. With yeah. the zero DTEs, you can. With all the other stuff, the speculative stuff that we've had in, month, in years past, you can't hedge that stuff. So of course you're going to have a huge asymmetric risk to the upside or the downside. Whether you know crypto was to the upside, you had volatility was to the upside, right? All this stuff. Um, the, but but you can't hedge that. So of course there's always going to be that fat tail. With this stuff, you can hedge with the one day options. You can hedge with the futures. You can hedge with the stock. You can hedge with the spread, right? There's you know I just think you four, right? And the thing with hedging these with the futures, if you're hedging them with the futures, these expire at what, like 315 or something? So then they're zeroed out then, and then you could still get out of your futures. Let's say right. you, you bought a bunch of futures against your zero GTE that you had to sell, and then you just close that futures position right after these close. Yeah. And Anton, I think it's good that you're showing both sides. So, you know, Friday, last week we talked about the, the buyers. Now you're, telling, you're talking about the sellers. Um, but we, unfortunately, are out of time. I know. I know. It goes fast. Anton, 
Safe travels back to Florida. Yeah. Um, good luck at breakfast tomorrow. Pictures, pictures, post them. <laughs> yes, hey, you should stay in town and a party. For what party? Tom's making paella, but I think it's a party uh, of one. It's a party of one with a massive pan. Totally right. <laughs> That's funny. All right, everybody have a wonderful weekend. And remember to trade small, trade often. Laugh with us, learn with us, and watch the Liz and Jenny show. We will see you on Monday. Thank you, Anton. Have a good weekend. See you, Anton. The content of this podcast is created, produced, and provided solely by Tasty Life Inc. and does not represent the direct views or opinions of any of its affiliated companies. This content is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be trading or investment advice or a recommendation that any security, futures contract, digital asset, other product, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities, futures products, and digital assets involve risk and may result in a loss greater than the original amount invested. Tasty Live Inc., through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. The information provided may not be appropriate for all investors and is provided without respect to individual investor financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. Tasty Live Inc. is not a licensed financial advisor, registered investment advisor, or registered broker-dealer.